What's going on, everybody? Welcome back to another episode of Views from the Baseline. And Happy New Year to everybody. It is 2021. We are done with 2020. Goodbye. Adios. We are here to talk sports. And for once, the beginning of the year, we have NBA, we have NFL playoffs, we have college football playoffs that just happened, and we have hopefully a baseball season that will happen, an NHL season, and I mean, sports. Sports are here. College basketball sports we love it this is why you're here listening uh i am your familiar host chevy here uh you can hear me on the shooter pass podcast visit me on the web at baseline chevy on twitter if you want to talk some shit there top it up with me have a good time uh look listen this is just definitely a a different uh, episode i want to go ahead and start the new year off here and give the people a little bit of the baseline times flavor. Uh, so this is going to be a fun episode here where we will discuss, chat, and talk a little bit more about the NFL playoffs, college football overall, and the college football playoffs that just happened and bowl games have gone on. So our guests today are baseline times experts, and I'm excited to be here with these guys uh, and be able to have a conversation. And hopefully we can give you guys more of a thorough podcast in 2021 that's the goal here um so yeah we will talk nfl playoffs with our first and 10 crew adam and mitch here towards the uh middle of the show uh i have john glowatts he is our college expert he's a northeast college football fan college basketball fan and uh big penn state guy uh he'll be here joining me here in just a few more moments to talk a little bit about the college football season, what to expect for the big finale, Bama versus Ohio State. And then we'll get into some NFL playoff coverage, talk about the predictions with Adam and Mitch. Those two guys have been wonderful all year, providing us with NFL podcast content. And as always, thank you guys for listening. And make sure you follow us on Instagram and Twitter at Baseline Times. Of course, the home base will be www.baselinetimes.com. All right, without further ado, we want to welcome in what I call the straight-up pick expert for college football, Mr. John Glowatz here. He is our, you're a college football expert, John, and <laughs> we value your opinion when it comes to straight-up picks. Mr. Glowatz, how are you doing? Happy New Year, man. I'm doing well. I'm doing well. Happy New Year to yourself, Chevy. Yeah, I'm glad to have you here. We're doing a little something different here. We want to kick off 2021 with the Baseline Times crew, show off all our expertise, brag about how great of a college football expert you are here um this season man crazy right like we didn't know what to expect with covid uh, just to kind of segue into it a little bit here uh how, how do you feel about the season the success so far with the covid19 protocols and things you felt that worked didn't work what you would have done different did, did you enjoy it at least did you get some entertainment this year yeah so i mean i guess to answer your question time will really tell for me on that mm-hmm. you know like obviously i i feel like and it was kind of a short-term success certainly like there there wasn't a lot of guys in, in the college football world that that came down with severe cases of covid or, or have suffered lasting effects that i've i've heard about you know there's there's been one or two but thankfully they've they've uh, recovered um and so the, the real question will be like hey down the line you know are are these are there other long-term effects that we didn't know about with covid you know things like that so you know not to be too much of a of a downer um but I think short-term success so far, I, and I hope it ends up, you know, we, we say it was a long, long-term long success at the end of the day, but it's just something we don't know right now. Yeah, absolutely, man. Um, and, you know, one of the things that I, I noticed, uh, especially that in the NFL kind of struggle with too, is like 
these guys are, are big teams. You know, it's a lot of personnel, and that was the biggest concern for football, and they're still going in and out of different areas, stadiums, whatnot. Um, you know, looking at the success of this, do you think, like, overall, it, sometimes there's things that you can't just control based on what mm-hmm. has happened. Do you think it was at least successful? We got, we're getting a college football playoffs, and we're getting a finale, right? There's got to be some sort yeah. of success, right? Yeah, I mean, if it were me, I would have done things a little differently. I would, you know, these teams, yeah, they have 100 guys on it, and they have – you know, dozens of coaches and whatnot, I would have, I would have said, Hey, you got to pare it down to like 53 guys, like the NFL does or something like that. Like you got to really minimize the amount of contact that you have, that, that sort of thing. Um, you know, cause, cause a lot of these guys did catch COVID and a lot of them, you know, recovered yeah. and, you know, they're young, strong athletes. So, yeah. it, you know, didn't phase them, but you know, some of them, not, not so much. So, you know, I, I would have done some things differently, but uh, at the end of the day, it seems like, all of the conferences got through their, you know, their conference play, whether that was 10 games or whether it was six or, you know, in the case of Ohio state, you know, they, yes. they, they had the big 10 uh, adjust some rules for them here and there and, and made it through. <laughs> yeah. But uh, you know, like I guess so far, you know, I, I would say it, it has been a success. I, I have a little bit of a different opinion for the college basketball season going on now, because now we're starting at a point where, you know, we're at 200,000 cases confirmed per day and we're in the winter and in, in particularly in the North here mm-hmm. where, you know, people are going to be more inside and, and the transmission is even worse. And there's a new variant circling around from the UK. So I, I wrote an article on, on the baseline times, basically where I'm saying all the, uh, the, the ongoing sports leagues should either bubble up or shut down until vaccination is, is widespread. But I do think for the college football season, where we were at in August, you know, at 40,000 or 50,000 cases a day, a lot more outdoor uh, things available and, and whatnot. Yeah, I think it, it was it was the, the probably a, a good call for the time. Right. Right. Yeah. I was going to say, man, you're a big advocate for the bubbles. And we obviously saw it work for the NBA. And, you know, uh, it, we attempted to work in the MLB World Series. But <laughs> obviously at the end, a little shocker there with with a positive test for one of the players on the Dodgers. But um. Yeah, I mean, overall, I, I got to agree with you, though. But yeah, with that, it's something's a little concerning, um, you know, just kind of segueing into like the overall uh, season, though. Um, beyond COVID, we obviously knew that was going to impact it at some point. Any like disappointments, anything surprises uh, any teams? I mean, it was just so different of a season, right? Like, yeah, how do you determine you know, that? So obviously, so I'm a, a people don't know I'm a, I'm a big Penn State guy. Uh, and that was probably the biggest disappointment of the year. Although I'll explain why I, I, I'm basically giving everyone a pass on the year. Uh, but so Penn State going from what was supposed to be a top five preseason, uh, you know, prediction to <laughs> way out of the rankings. Fin- I don't even know what they finished up. They were four and five, something like that at the end of the day. So I'd say that's got to be the biggest disappointment, uh, unfortunately so, as much as I, as I love the Nittany Lions. Yep. <laughs> uh, and I would say the other disappointment there was Michigan for uh, retaining Jim Harbaugh. <laughs> I heard he just got signed for another four or five years right. uh, after a kind of a lackluster season for them. Uh, they started off well with a with a win over Minnesota, I believe it was, but then kind of went downhill from there. So the Big Ten has, has had a couple of disappointments. But I will say, you know, COVID being such a weird year and I believe the Big Ten did have kind of the strictest protocols and whatnot. So, you know... It, if, if you got through the season, you know, and I think Penn State was one of the few teams that got through the season without any cancellations or postponements of games or what have you, 
and you know everybody's in one piece you know i i i'm giving everybody a pass on on this year because it's such, just such a such a wonky yeah. crazy year you it know? really was yeah well how about this man so you know kind of segue into that you know osu uh six games ohio state they're in they're gonna you know be you know however we'll talk about the, the bama <laughs> the osu uh final here in a, in a few more segments but um Mm-hmm. Just getting to like the six games things, right? Looking at it, did you feel like there should have been like some sort of modifications for the the college football playoffs at least? You know, a minimum amount of games met. While you know some teams played the ten eleven games, I mean, what it's just four games of a difference. But I know you said you're not giving any passes out. <laughs> but how do you feel like about Ohio State getting an opportunity? And they look like they earned it, though, right? Uh, I think I think Ohio State definitely should be in, and they they proved you know in their their stomping of of Clemson that they're they're one of not not only the three best teams, but one of the two best teams in the country this year. I would have liked to see from the get-go some more leadership and more direction from the NCAA because they kind of just left everything up to the conferences and yeah, and that's and that's the way it went. I think at the beginning of the year, if if the NCAA had given some guidelines or, or some some directives, then I would say okay, maybe there's an argument if if a team didn't fulfill those, but they didn't and i i would have i would have thought ohio state should have been in if they only played two games personally uh, as as long as they looked impressive enough in the in those two right right but, but yeah yeah no i mean i think at some point you know you have to look at the the product on the field and i mean speaking, speaking of fields <laughs> um you know I, I think you have to look at all that and say you know what this is this is one of the top four teams that deserve to get there regardless of them playing six games regardless of them playing 10 games um, I mean, yeah, some teams just had to survive a little bit more longer and play a little bit more longer uh, since, since August. You know, um, Clemson still had, you know, their ups and downs, though, right? You, you lose Trevor Lawrence for two weeks in a row due to COVID. Out of, out of all the guys, you know, Trevor Lawrence uh, gets COVID and you lose him. So, I mean, I think every team's had its ups and downs regardless of playing the six or ten games. Um, but they deserve it. Talking about another team in the Final Four, let's talk about Notre Dame here, man. Um, I personally... I, I'm tired of seeing Notre Dame in. Do you? How do you feel about the Notre Dame? Are we, are we okay with that this year? This year, I I didn't hate it. I I didn't think they should be in. I would have personally picked Texas A&M over Notre Dame, but I felt like yeah, it's it's a four team playoff, and we had three teams that were clear cut should have been in, and obviously Bama, Ohio State, and and Clemson. So those last two. You know, you could, I mean, you could have even gone Cincinnati uh, or, you know, there's, there's probably a couple of other arguments as well, but yeah. I felt that it really came down to, to Texas A&M and Notre Dame. And if you look at their resumes, they're, they're kind of similar. A&M I thought was slightly better. So prior to bowl games, they were three and one versus top 30 teams uh, and, and one and one versus the top 10 while, uh, while Notre Dame was two and one versus top 30 and one and one versus the top 10 and Notre Dame's one win versus the top 10 was against Clemson without Trevor Lawrence at that time. Right. Right. So I, I thought A&M was slightly better. Yeah. They, they got blown out by Bama. Uh, Notre Dame got blown out by a, by a healthy Clemson. Uh, so, you know, it, it's, it's close. I, I don't fault the committee that much for putting Notre Dame in over, over A&M. Now, if I wasn't an A&M fan, sure. I'd be, I'd be furious at it. But I thought it was close, and it's just that's just going to happen, you know, just about every year if you have a four-team playoff. Yeah, I mean, even with like the whole whirlwind of the season and the COVID protocols, 
it seems like this could this is just another casual football college football season man i mean when you look at the final four right it's almost like um it seems like texas a&m like you mentioned uh cincinnati uh would those be like your backup like your maybe maybe consider the four spot because they're all that four spot was you know highly debatable coming into the, with the committee yeah absolutely I, i'm a i'm a resume guy i uh, say hey you know gotta <laughs> right. gotta prove it on the field yeah like you know whoever has the best resume you know people always argue is it the best team or the most deserving the best resume kind of most deserving and best resume i think are kind of the same thing so you know to me it's like you know go out prove it on the field whoever ends up having the most compelling story the most the best resume at the end of the day should be on there. And yeah, I, I thought that was A&M at the, at the four slot, Notre Dame at five, and then Cincinnati at six personally. But I, I can see how others could make an argument for, you know, for a, a jumble of, of those three or, or maybe even a fourth team there. Right, right. Um, you know, one of the things I noticed too about Alabama this season, uh, you know, going to, to, to that final four games is that you obviously saw Bama – Offensively, man, they they obviously have the Heisman winner. Um, mm-hmm. And uh, defensively, though, to me, like they've come into this uh, the playoffs and they they look great, they look good, right? And of course, it's against Notre Dame. Um, uh, defensively, like none of these teams look d- to me dominantly defensively, right? Like, d- would you be in agreement with that? Just for me as a casual fan looking at the games, this year was a little weird because you had teams that were just scoring like 40, 50 points on any given night. That's not a common for you know a weekly uh, Alabama game. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, it's becoming more and more common. I mean, I think even in the last, yeah, I want to say probably since, since Tua got there really at, at Bama, did they, they start really, you know, just flying around offensively. So it's been, it's been four or five years, but yeah, I mean, like you look at some of the other teams in the sec that all of a sudden just started putting up points you know, you got Ole Miss and, and Mississippi state and uh, you know, elsewhere throughout the country like yeah the, the rule changes that that affected the nfl are similar to the ones that that have affected college football so yeah the 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 offense is, is definitely had a greater advantage and and the um the points just just keep going up so yeah i mean but bama this year i think i i heard a stat that it they've they've put up the uh the most points ever per per game uh, in their history, which is crazy when yeah. you think about it, because they've, you know, they had a, we they only played one cupcake team this year with the SEC schedule, where is it in a typical year they usually play two or three. Right, right. So yeah, so it's absolutely. insane. But yeah, defensively, um, yeah, they they just have, you know, no teams have really been able to keep up because because of the rule changes and and the shift to the the focus on the offense. Right, right, absolutely. Um, just to segue a little bit into this, this Heisman talk here, Devonta Smith, the Heisman winner. Do you agree with that? Or you, you had your eye on somebody else? No. Yeah, I agree with that. I mean, he had a, you know, the best year I, I thought of any of the, any of the candidates, you know, if, uh, if Trevor Lawrence or, um, or Justin Fields, maybe were able to play a full season, they, they w- probably would have won, but uh, you know, the way that it, sh- that it shook out, uh, I, I wasn't mad about it. Yeah, hands down. I, I gotta agree with it. And it's nice to see wide receiver win it, right? Like <laughs> you just yeah, quarterback. Yeah. And it's, it's Trevor Lawrence is out there in, in a year where clearly Alabama's back again into the, the final game. So well, well deserved. I gotta agree with that there. Um, how how do you feel about the playoffs so overall so far? I mean, we kind of talked about the matchups: you know, Notre Dame, Bama, Clemson, the Clemson OSU game. We can we could talk for days about that. 
Um, but the production to me was was great, right? I still agree. Like we still got it on, we got it on a nice day, New Year's Day, Friday. It was on a Friday. We got some good, mm-hmm. decent, you know, time, start times for and uh, eight, 8 o'clock Eastern time. So I think the production was great. How did you feel about the, the semifinal games? Yeah, man. I mean, with the, obviously they were both blowouts. You know, one ex- we expected. I think Notre Dame was a uh, like a twenty point dog against Bama. So, you know, we, we knew that was going to happen. And I think they actually ended up uh, covering, which I, I called ahead of time. You did. Uh, yeah. So <laughs> good for them. I, I didn't I didn't call uh, Clemson getting getting blown out uh, by, by Ohio State. So I guess, I you know, <laughs> I'll uh, I'll go to, to even on on that. Yeah. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I, I don't think anybody really saw that. Obviously, Clemson was was favored by, I think, a touchdown over Ohio State. But. But, you know, Justin Fields was just so impressive. You know, he was you know, just so accurate. Uh, what he, he ended up going for six touchdowns and 385 yards, uh, 42 yards on the ground. And that's like mostly in a half of football. You know, like it was, you know, what was it, right at the end of the second half or beginning of the third quarter that he, he took that hit uh, to his ribs? Yes. And like after that, he really couldn't run or he didn't try to run. And um, he, you know, was throwing decently well. I think he still had two touchdowns after after that shot, but before that, like he was just insane. I think he was he started off like twelve for twelve or something like that. They went um they scored on five of their, their they scored touchdowns on five of their first six possessions. So to me that was the real story. I mean we, everything else we knew was gonna happen, but we we have not seen Justin Fields look this good uh, all year. I mean, he, he showed flashes of it last year even, but, but this year everyone was talking about, Oh, he's kind of down, you know, maybe even, uh, the kid from BYU, the, the quarterback Wilson is better than him. Maybe, we're, maybe he'll get drafted before fields. They were, they were kind of talking about him sliding down, down the, the, uh, the draft board a little bit. And, and I think he took that real personally. And I think he wanted to show out against Clemson and, and Trevor Lawrence, both for, yeah draft purposes and and also for uh the the loss that they took to clemson in the uh in the cfp last year yeah yeah last year yep i was going to mention last year man and i, I felt like ohio state just seemed like the team that could do it against clemson and, and kind of put the nail in the coffin to them you know two seasons in a row but uh i believe there was that call that got the, t- the fumble call that got ruled an incomplete pass um that mm-hmm. ohio state I, I don't know if you remember that play and yep. that, that came yep. up huge man and it was like clemson barely pulled it off and I, I i didn't put any money on it but i, I was feeling ohio state last year so i'm not i'm not entirely surprised of the victory this year but i feel like <laughs> the blowout of course nobody called that i mean <laughs> that was something that was a little bit uh surprising but um i mean overall it's good to see some you know see ohio state a different look against i guess alabama again but it is what it is um Talking about that, man, we got that coming up here Monday next week. Who you got, man? You got any, anything you're favoring? Spreads? So I'm going to go Bama on that straight up, at least. Uh, so one, yeah, they've, they've obviously been been looking you know, dynamic all year. If if uh, Justin Fields was coming in healthy, I might be persuaded to, uh, to, to pick Ohio State, but... I haven't. I looked at the injury report. They're being real uh, mum about his his status. So I mean, either yeah. he's not healthy, or they're you know, they're trying to uh, make make Bama guess what's going to happen here. So with, without that, I gotta say, um, I gotta say, I gotta pick Bama. I mean, even if Fields was at 100%, maybe I'd pick Bama anyway. So it, since it doesn't look like he will be, I'll I'll have to go with uh, yeah with Bama. Now, what's the what's the spread on that? 
right now they're actually showing it as uh, so the uh, spread right now is uh, favoring the Crimson Tide at eight points. So the underdog yeah. is Ohio State coming at eight points. Yeah, man, I could, I would not, <laughs> I would not take Bama on on the spread there. I could, I could see them blowing them out. I could see Ohio State winning, but I, I wouldn't feel confident. I, like I could see, I could imagine a universe in which Fields comes out just like, you know, they've they've pumped them up full of painkillers or whatever, and and he's just you know yeah. throwing flamethrowers <laughs> and and he's he's going for six touchdowns and and uh, 400 yards again. But um, I could also imagine a world where he's just not 100 percent and he's he's hesitant to run, hesitant to use his legs, and the the Bama defense just swarms him. So I, I would. I'm I'm not loving it, but I would probably pick Ohio State to lose, but to cover. To cover, okay, yeah. Well, you know, going into this uh, college football season, we actually, uh, you know, we've mentioned on our Shooter Pass podcast about thetallysite.com. Uh, we've been making expert picks weekly for the NFL. You've been doing a great job in the uh, college football uh, straight up picks. So you're actually fourth place, man, for regular season picks. I believe you picked over almost 500 games, man. 75% right. Pretty impressive, man. If you ask me, it sounds like a guy that, uh, you know what you're talking about. So, uh, go ahead, plug yourself, man. I know you do like to tweet out some of the picks and, uh, where can <laughs> people find you on Twitter? Yeah. So I'm at, um, pod Northeast. It's the, uh, the big Northeast podcast. So, um, pod Northeast on Twitter, Facebook. I'm at, at, uh, the big Northeast podcast. If you search for, Big Northeast podcast. You'll find me on um, on Baseline Times. I, you know, I do a little bit of writing there, as well as as my own uh, podcast. Uh, so, yeah, hands down, man. I mean, you're number one in my is John, but um, yeah, man. You overall for, per tally site, you finished fourth place, and amongst a lot of other different <laughs> platforms that are on our our level. Uh, there's others that are major media like SB Nation. I mean, these are guys that live and die, and and this is their job to watch college football. And yeah, I'm. I'm I'm going to hype you up, man. You're the man when it comes to the straight-up picks here for college football. So, hey, man, depending on how the news goes and what rumors come out about Fields and his condition, close to the game, go ahead and follow him, Mr. Glowwatts, on Twitter. Check out who he favors uh, coming up there for that college football uh, grand finale. So we got Bama here. Uh, you're picking Bama. Uh, we'll, we'll definitely actually have our whole stat picks out uh, at least uh, over the next couple of days, uh, at least by the weekend. We'll have that up prior to the big finale there. Um, yeah, man, just to wrap up this segment here for you, uh, any kind of thoughts into the next season, man, anything you want to see, hopefully everything, let's just assume things can get back to normal. Maybe no fans, limited fans. I know some colleges played with <laughs> some pretty packed stadiums. Let's say everything yeah, well, returns back to normal. What, what, what can we look out for, for the next season? Yeah. So I'm very hopeful, obviously for next year, we'll have widespread vaccination and, and things will be back to close to normal anyway. Uh, but so two things I want to throw out as predictions here. One related to, I guess, college in in that. So we're just talking about fields. I I like him a lot. I think he's, he's arguably as good as, or better than, than Trevor Lawrence. So I I like him having a a very equivalent career or maybe even better in the NFL to, to Trevor Lawrence. So if, if I'm, you know, the Jets or the the Jacksonville Jaguars or, or what have you, I'm not mad if, uh, you know, if, if I end up with the second overall pick rather yeah. than the first. Either, either one of those guys, I think, is, you know, is going to be phenomenal. 
So yeah, that's, that's one prediction there. My college football prediction here. And since, you know, since I'm the Northeast guy, I went in a Northeast uh, direction. So I like, uh, I like Boston college okay. next year. I think they, uh, they might really make some noise. Uh, not, I'm not talking uh, national title uh, contention here, but I think in the ACC, they could, uh, they could really do some things. So they, they had a new coach this year, Jeff Halfley, uh, and, and he brought them to six and five, which isn't, you know, super impressive on the outset. But if you look at uh, some of the, uh, some of the scores there, he, he really uh, played close with the big boys. So both Clemson and, and UNC were one score games. And, and this year UNC was, was actually pretty good. Uh, and then they had a two score game with, uh, with Notre Dame. So all three were losses, but they were close. And, the uh, the kid um, at quarterback Phil Dracovic, uh, I think he's a I think he's an extreme deep sleeper for Heisman talk here. So he went um, 2,500 yards, 17 TDs, five interceptions this year in his first year starting. Added three touchdowns on the ground. I think if he can expand on that, and I think if if Halfley can you know can really coach him up, uh, I think they're you know he's looking at potential Heisman talk, and I think you uh, I'm sorry um, BC is looking at at potential um, ACC contention, you know, maybe a New Year's Six uh, bowl game. So All right. That's, that's got, my prediction. Yeah, you guys heard it here first. Uh, he, This is Mr. John Glowatz at Pod Northeast on Twitter. Follow him because his picks are, are very good. Uh, we This has been a pleasure, man. I'm glad we can do this pod together, and we will talk a lot more uh, about the college football wrap-up uh, once uh, next Monday is over. Uh, I'm sure you'll have some impressive stuff for us, as always, at BaselineTimes.com. Any shout outs for you, John, before you go today? Uh sure. Yeah. Let me uh let me shout out Pee Wee Herman. All right. Pee Wee, shout out to you, man. <laughs> no, it's been a pleasure, man. Appreciate you doing this, man. All right, man. Thanks, Chef. Hey, wait, before I go, uh, I didn't ask you who are you picking, Bama or, or Ohio State? I'm gonna go with Bama. I, I'm favoring Bama a little bit here, man, because yeah, yeah. I, I even before our conversation today, I was I was leaning towards Bama right now. And I think, you know, a little bit of feels might sway me. But we'll, we'll check in on the weekend. All right. And cool. go from there, man. But Bama for right now. Yeah, we'll see what happens. But uh, thanks for having me on. Yes, sir. All right, everybody. Welcome our rising stars here at Baseline Times, the young duo of the First and Ten podcast on behalf of Baseline Times here. It is Adam and Mitch. Gentlemen, welcome. Our NFL gurus, how are you guys doing today? I'm doing great. How are you doing on this beautiful evening? <laughs> Wonderful, guys. Um, we're here. We're here to talk about an actual NFL playoffs. I, I think there's a lot of questions about this happening last year, but we're in a brand new year. Let's focus on the positives. I we mean, got the NFL playoffs coming up. Exactly. We made it through the year with no cancellations. Every team played every game they needed, and nobody expected us to be this far in the season, but we are. Yeah, yeah. You guys have done a great job, by the way. You know, I got to boost your egos. I got to tell you guys have done an amazing job. Uh, so far here, NFL season, the 2020 season. Now, let's kind of just jump into it, guys. Uh, how did you guys feel about the season each? You know, did, with the protocols, everything, like you just mentioned, obviously some sort of success, right? I'll speak on it first because I feel like as a Broncos fan, our team was more impacted by the COVID protocols than other teams. But for the most part, the NFL did a good job handling what they needed to do. If someone was tested positive, they'd find the close contacts. We had the issue with the Titans earlier in the year, but besides that, and I guess the whole Broncos QB situation and Browns wide receiver situation, yeah. there there hasn't been too much like COVID outbreak, cancel game, postpone. 
And yes, the schedule had to be adjusted a bit, but for the most part, I'd, I'd consider this a successful season under the circumstances. Exactly. I agree. How about you, Mitch? How do you feel about the season? Yeah, I mean, I agree. Uh, the beginning of the season, there were definitely some schedule issues, like Adam said, but I feel like the NFL really hit their stride and were able to create a system, <clears throat> stick to it, and really, like, you know, the, the end goal is to keep people safe. Like, obviously, the NFL is a company, but they did a really good job of putting players and coaches in a position where they could still have their game plans. But also, if something did arise, they had a very easy fallback plan with Zoom. They had they had systems in place to uh, to keep the season moving. And I think that that was definitely uh, really cool on their part. Like Adam was saying, I don't think that – I sure as hell didn't expect us to get all the way to the playoffs without at least yeah. a break in between or maybe a bubble. There was talk of that. But uh, mm-hmm. obviously that's all the, out the window now. But – yeah, the season was definitely a success. I know on our uh, Week 17 recap, Adam and I ended off the episode with a little bit of a rant about the Eagles, but um, so that's still a little fresh in our minds uh, regarding like the season as uh, an entire um, in its entirety. But overall, it was a really successful season. Yeah, hands down, I gotta agree. Yeah, for sure. And I, I think you know the the nice part is is look, we're not gonna cancel the season. We're not gonna postpone games and have to go extra weeks. I mean, can you imagine like a Super Bowl in March? It's not normal, right? Exactly. So it, you know, I think it was cool to see that. Okay, you know what, guys that are contact tracing and you've been in touch with so and so who's had COVID, you got to get out. We're gonna still play the game, even if your team's down the whole wide receiver core, like the Browns, unfortunately, yeah. and and. It's still impacting the Browns, guys. We'll talk about the playoffs here. The, the head coach we may not have a head coach who actually does call the plays for the Browns. So, you know, another yeah, thing for Cleveland, yeah. another concern. That, that's hopefully the only concern, fingers crossed, knock on wood, uh, for this weekend coming up. Um, let's talk about here about the season and talk some football. Biggest surprises, disappointments. Uh, you know, Mitch, we'll start with you there. Who Surprises, disappointments? So, for me, this is going to sound a little bit silly, but – I did not expect the Green Bay Packers to explode like this. I love Aaron Rodgers. He's obviously a Hall of Fame quarterback. In my opinion, he's a top five of all time just because of his pure accuracy and his numbers. He's got some of the most got some of the best swagger I've ever seen. I love the guy. But they won an incredible amount of one score games last year, and I didn't think that that was sustainable. Their running back scored sixteen touchdowns. It just seemed like everything kind of went right for the Packers. And there was definitely competition in the division. Adam and I spoke at the beginning of the season about the Bears and how they were coming back. And for a while, it looked like they were going to come back, and they ended up uh, pulling hey, it around. And, they still and got in the playoffs. They came, back, they came back in the second half. But it yeah. seemed like there was definitely some competition in the division. The, the Vikings went out. They drafted Justin Jefferson. And uh, they went out and got Yannick Ngakwe, who's obviously no longer on the team. But the division seemed to be tightening up. Um, and I just did not – I didn't have a lot of faith in A-Rod. And that was on me. Because yeah. Not, not really him. It was, I didn't really have faith in the organization and the coach after they, um, and especially the front office, after the draft of Jordan Love. I thought that there would be a QB issue. After hearing Aaron Rodgers talking about how uh, on draft night it was a long night with lots of alcohol, I was like, okay, that's not a sign of a healthy right. franchise. But he really, really balled out. And I think it is such a great storyline that – the Packers draft his replacement and then he goes out and he's the front runner for the MVP. So for me, that was like one of the biggest surprises. Um, I, I 100% agree with that. The, uh, the, um, the Packers were a great surprise that nobody expected, but I think 
For me personally, I'd have to give it to the Rams, who I was on, but a lot of people weren't, weren't, or even the Steelers, because b- before the season, I thought the Steelers were done. They're Defense is still great, but they have a crippling QB. Their receiving core was like it's it was. I felt like it was getting worse, um, and I just I didn't see them doing much this year, especially after not making the playoffs last year. So they're they're twelve and four. I wouldn't say it's the strongest twelve and four, the weakest twelve and four, but twelve and four at the end of the day is twelve and four. And I didn't even have this team in the playoffs. So for me, that that's how I feel about the Steelers. And then what you were saying about the Packers, I one hundred percent agree with that. Uh, last year they did make it to the conference championship where they got blown out because they couldn't stop the run. But this year going in, they get Jordan Love, they get A.J. Dillon. So you're not getting Rodgers any weapons besides Devontae Adams. And this defense isn't getting better because you didn't spend a first or second round pick on getting a defender. So it's like, what is this team really going to do if they can't win every game by one possession this year? But we saw it. We saw Aaron Rodgers emerge as the MVP candidate, which I'd say a lot of people didn't expect at the start of the season. And the other thing it does is it gives you a lot of Brett, Fa- Brett Favre, Aaron Rodgers vibes. I mean, Brett Favre was the clear starter in Green Bay, and they draft this young QB named Aaron Rodgers, who who knows, Brett Favre is probably like, why are we taking him? Aaron Rodgers sat behind Favre three years, then took his spot. I think in three years, for, three years from now, Aaron Rodgers won't be on the Packers anymore, and we'll see Jordan Love as the new QB of the future on that team. Nice. Yeah, that that's very impressive takes, guys. Yeah, I agree. With, and the thing about Rodgers, you took a lot of flack, you know, at the beginning of the season. Everything you guys are mentioning there, I, I got to agree. Uh, you know, well, you finished the season, 48 touchdowns, five interceptions, uh, 4,200 yards. Or, well, let's call it 4,300. Close, you know, roundup for him. Um, <laughs> give him some extra love. But, you know, I, I agree with you. I, th- I like that. I like that about Aaron Rodgers. Um, very interesting year and in, in the uh, NFC, though. Be, beyond that, you know, they... NFC has looked a little ugly. We'll talk about that. But uh, yeah, I got to agree. And then, you know, they're basically into the playoffs with a first round bye. So they don't even have to play this weekend and just await their opponent for the next week out of Tampa and Washington football team. Um, how about disappointments? Anything you guys are disappointed about this season? I know there's a lot, right, with COVID. I think, I think me and Mitch can speak for each other here when we say the most disappointing team by far of the 2020 season was the Houston Texans. We went into uh, we went into depth about this yesterday, but I'll just hit a quick note. This team was projected to make the playoffs by many, possibly win the division. They ended four and twelve. They don't have their draft pick. They ended on a five game losing streak. Yet their QB still played like one of the best in the league this season, which it's just it's, it was just shocking to both of us to see this team go four and twelve. I agree. Yeah, I, I was gonna say it's got to be the Texans, the most, the biggest disappointment, and. Then you look at the draft board and you see the Dolphins sitting at number three. That's, I mean, <laughs> after losing five, five games, man. Incredible. Yeah, that, I, I got to agree with that. Any other disappointments, though, beyond that? Um, I don't think anything takes icing on the cake, right? No. So the only other thing that I think comes close would be the situation that the Cincinnati Bengals put Joe Burrow in. He himself was excellent, and I don't wish any – there's no, no, no Joe Burrow slander here. It was the not awful situation that the Bengals put him in, not protecting him, not going out and trying to make any uh, addition to the offensive line. There were a lot of free agents that were moved around here, most notably Jack Conklin, who we we swiped from them. But you know, it they could have made an effort, and Burrow was playing lights out football, especially considering he's a rookie. And because of their negligence and their inability to spend money on anybody, he suffered a 
gruesome injury. And, I mean, when you tear your ACL and the MCL in the same second, it's going to, you know, I'm not saying he can't rebound from it, but, I you know, if he isn't the same player we saw, like, at the beginning of the season, I wouldn't hold it against him because that's how difficult that injury is to come back from, especially when you don't have a lot of experience in rehab. So, for me, that was really disappointing to see. Even as a division rival, like, you you, you can't – help but feel bad for the kid just being drafted that bum ass franchise um <laughs> what's it called mitch the, the one other thing i think you and i would both agree on is i want to say this is disappointing because i don't actually have an issue with this i just think for like teams and the fan base it was disappointing is the cowboys and eagles this year two teams i had the eagles in the playoffs you had the cowboys and yeah. the eagles and they were just god awful and yes they did have injuries and stuff but that's no excuse for going six and ten and losing a division where the leader was seven and nine. No, that's true. Facts. I think if Dak Prescott doesn't get hurt, the the Cowboys win that division with it with yeah. eight or I nine agree. wins, if not more. Absolutely, yeah, I, I gotta agree with you on that. The Cowboys, I I was I was going to go hands down Cowboys, hands down. Dallas had that division wrapped up, no questions. You couldn't tell me anything. Dak was looking good. Zeke, you know, Life was regressing, and obviously, yep, yep. He definitely hit rock bottom this year, but um, there, there were patterns of regression. And, you know, the, the defense turned around once Van Der Esch came back. They started to become a little bit better. Not saying they're a good defense by any means. They're still one of the worst, but they, they found a little bit of a rhythm. And they had they coupled that with Dak's arm and Dak playing like an absolute monster the first three or four weeks. They should have had that division. It was really yeah, hands down. I agree. And you know, segueing in a little bit about the playoffs and that division specifically, because I think that's I, I don't want to like hate on Washington football team because you know they rightfully earned their way. They won the games. They performed yeah. like they you know to get into the playoffs. But you know this this year just something new in the NFL playoffs. We're actually seeing seven teams total. Uh, there will be uh, what six teams playing uh, well, for you know, this weekend. Teams, six games. Twelve teams. Okay, I'm sorry. Yeah, six games. Sorry. 12 teams total. You know, I, I, I personally liked the move when they announced it last year. I liked it because I looked at it and, and you saw that there was in each conference, four teams sitting at home on opening weekend on wildcard weekend. You're like, dude, first of all, you can get more playoffs, more games in there. Now we get three games on Saturday, Sunday for wildcard weekend. Right. And mm-hmm. then you, you basically reward you tr- the one number one seed gets the only merit of having a bye week, which, to me, increases competition, right? To to at least try to yeah. secure the number one seed, right? How do you guys feel about that? Uh, and then the change, and, and so far, what you've seen it play out actually in this first season. I mean, well, this year, this year, I feel like it's the craziest because seven teams made the playoffs and still a ten and six team missed missed out, which is it's crazy to me because a ten and six team has no business missing the playoffs in most years, and now this year with an extra team, they're still. Uh, no, 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 ten and six team. But um, the the main point about the one seed buy is I, I I'm I'm fine with I'm fine with taking away the two seed buy because I feel like a buy means a lot. I mean, in football, your your players are going out there, throwing their bodies out there every week, and a buy gives you a week of rest that you won't usually have. And this incentivizes more teams. Like for example, last week in the NFC, we could have seen some of the buy weeks locked up. The Packers could have benched players, but this makes the majority of teams in the league to play competitively for 17 weeks of the season, which I love. I mean, there's nothing worse like Sunday night football when a team's benching their players because it means nothing to them. So to see, like we saw the Chiefs this week, the Chiefs weren't playing for anything and Mahomes didn't play. 
none of their starters played. And that's a, I don't have a problem with that because they deserve the one seed. They clinched it and everything. But if in other years, like a two seed that clinched it, it's like it's Is like you're benching your starters and letting these teams in the playoffs. Like so, I think it. I I, I like the incentive of the idea to make the games more meaningful in week 17. Yeah, absolutely. I, I can agree with that too. Uh, how about you, Mitch? Do you like the new format? Yeah, I think that it makes the playoff race a little bit more interesting. Normally by week 17, you have a better idea of uh, who will be in the playoffs, but at least in the AFC, which is certainly more competitive <clears throat> than the NFC this year. It, like five teams entered, um, five teams entered the 17th week of the season only four of them could stay, and it, it, it could have been, with the exception of, like, Baltimore, it could have been anyone's guess as to who was going to be walking away. Obviously, matchups matter, but it makes the playoff race a little bit more exciting. And like you know, like Adam said, it rewards one more team um, to get in, makes playoffs more exciting. I don't have a problem. Yeah, hands down. I think that where we need to tweak it is a little bit like the NBA, where you start putting record and hold, that, that hold more merit to how the rankings work out in each conference. <laughs> Because, I mean, like you guys said, it's it, it, it kind of your division, you win a division, it's guaranteed top four spot, regardless. Seven and nine, Washington football team. And again, not to knock them, but I mean, like you guys mentioned, out in the AFC, you got these 10 and five teams that were fighting for their lives and all these weird scenarios. Someone has to lose, someone has to win. You got to win out for if you're Miami. Um, I think it's unfortunate, but again, you know, the AFC just ha- happens to be the more competitive conference right it's, it's unfortunate for the nfc like last year the nfc was the was the same way i know that the um last year the eight and eight pittsburgh steelers narrowly missed a playoff spot to the nine and seven titans whereas this year it, the bears were seven and seven in the nfc and still um eight and eight two weeks yeah i know but i'm saying there were uh, seven and seven there was still a lot of hope for them to make the playoffs and um i just you know it's gonna vary it's gonna the, the conferences are always going to fluctuate, but it was just interesting. Now it gives, like like we said, it gives uh, one more team an opportunity to show what they're made of. Yeah, what I also feel like is I, I'm not comparing football to March Madness, but it's the same ideas that one game is all it takes to knock off a two seed. And now I'm not saying the Saints are going to go out there and lose to the Bears this week, but I'm pretty, I, I can bet money in the next three years, at least one time the seven seed will beat the two seed. And it's like, all it takes is one bad game to miss the playoffs. So all you, from a fan's perspective, you love this because all you want to see is your team at least get in. Because if you get in the playoffs, whether you're the seventh seed or the two seed or even the one seed, you believe you have a shot to win in the sport like football where it's one and done because one game is all it takes. Like last year we saw in the NBA, the Magic took a one nothing lead on the Bucks. We saw the Lakers go down 1-0 to the Trailblazers. If it was yeah. one and done, they're out of the playoffs. But right. it, it, so that's why the football playoff format is just so much different than all these other sports because it's one game is all it takes to win. And we, we saw this in the Titans last year when Derrick Henry rushed for 200 million yards on the Patriots and ended Tom Brady's career there. Yeah, hands down. You know, guys, and I feel like when it comes down to when if it was just like the regular, the old, well, let's say the old format at this point, it wasn't even half your, your league that's in the playoffs. What it's six teams from each conference, right? That, that makes the playoffs. The uh, one and two seeds gets the bye week, right? Yeah. Um, and and that's that's twelve. Well, we're looking at what twelve teams out of thirty weekend out of thirty two 
before, you know, it, it, it to me it seemed like you had less than half your league make the playoffs, and it just kind of just didn't make sense. You, some, you know, some of the teams deserve maybe didn't deserve to get to like a bye week, but they deserve at least to try to get a shot at the championship. You know, um, in the NBA, it's traditionally sixteen teams that makes the playoffs. You have eight from each conference. That is basically one team more than half your league that makes the playoffs. And although the first round of the NBA playoffs sometimes seems a little boring, blowouts, sweeps, it still gives that opportunity, like you mentioned uh, there about the first round series of, of some of these top teams. They lost the game. It makes it still interesting and competitive. So I think it's a, right, a step in the right direction for the NFL. Expand the playoffs. Maybe we can work on the seeding, though. So like teams like Washington... Um, they're going to get a home game, guys. <laughs> if, sure. this, if this was something where it, we're not in a COVID world, the Bucks would be on the road against the Washington football team with a crowd you know, down their throats, in their ears. So I don't know how I feel about that, being an 11-5 football team and a fan of the Tampa Bay Buccaneers, but it is what it is. You know, Thank God for fanless, I guess, this time around. Yeah. All right, let's get into our playoff uh Picks here um, coming up this weekend. So we basically we just describe here what the schedule's like. Uh, Saturday, let's start with Saturday, guys. So the first game that's uh, going to be play, played uh, Saturday coming up will probably be AFC game. So we have the Colts and Bills. We'll start with that. How do you guys feel about this one here? Um, I'll, I'll say this because I've been very hot. I, I like the Bills a lot this year, and they are by far the hottest team in football, putting up 40-plus two of the past three weeks, if I'm correct. Um, I respect the Colts, but I don't think Phillip Rivers is really going to do much. And yes, the Colts have a good defense, but this defense is going to have to stop one of the hottest quarterbacks in the league and Josh Allen. So I, 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 for most games, I'll say I see a chance in the other team winning, but in this game, I, I think the Bills are a definitive winner and I, I don't think it's like too disputable in, in my opinion. Facts, facts. I gotta agree with that there. And speaking of Allen, um, so you you would say basically Rogers MVP hands down. Like Allen wouldn't be in the picture at all. I I, I have Allen. I personally believe Allen did better than Mahomes this year. I don't think he'll get the votes to say that. But mm-hmm. if I had to, if I was setting my list for the award winners, one Rogers, two Allen, three Mahomes. I'll take it. Yeah, I agree with that. That's that's pretty solid there. Yeah, Mitch. How about you? Bills or Colts? So. I agree completely with the Colts being limited by their quarterback position. Phillip Rivers is not what he once was, and he may be the slowest man I've ever seen. That being said, this Colts team does have an explosive rushing offense, and the Bills' defense has taken slight steps back since last year. Their run defense is not as elite as their secondary. I'm still going to take the Bills by a by a pretty solid chance, but a pretty solid margin. But if the Colts can get their running game early, Josh Allen choked in the playoffs last year. I mean, it, it not to say that it was on him, but his team choked last year. And sometimes that can have a lasting hangover effect. I'm not saying it will because he has played amazing. But the Colts, it's not like they have no shot in the world. But that being said, I'm going to take the, the Bills by 10. Oh, all right. There you guys got it. Heard it. Bills by 10. Uh, actually, and I apologize, it's primarily an NFC Saturday. Uh, the next game, the 4 o'clock game, 4.40 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, start time. Rams at Seahawks. Uh, Mitch, who you got for this one? So this is tough because the Seahawks never really play well against uh, the Rams. However, that being said, I'm going to take Seattle. Um, this defense was atrocious in the first 10 weeks of the season. 
and since the midway point of the season, they're leading uh, the league in pretty much every important uh, defensive statistic. Maybe since week 10 again. Um, but they're allowing some of the fewest yards, fewest pass yards, fewest rush yards, all three. Um, their sacks have increased a ton, considering this team absolutely got zero pressure in the first half of the season. Adding guys like Carlos Dunlap definitely helped. And they get their running backs back. They're healthy. You know, this was something that Seattle was missing all throughout the year, a healthy run game. And now they get all their backs back. And that will help Russell Wilson out tremendously. Um, Jared Goff didn't play last week. He's going to be a little bit rusty. I've got Seattle. Um, Personally, I've been big on the Rams all year. I love this defense. Having a the best defensive lineman in, in the league and having a top three corner in the league is very helpful, as I always say. And I do understand Seattle was at one point of the season one of the hottest teams in football. Russell Wilson was in all these MVP talks. But these few weeks, as this defense has improved, this offense has also regressed a lot. Besides the Jets game, the Seahawks haven't put up over 25 since they played the Cardinals in around Thanksgiving time. I mean, we saw this team against the Giants' defense, and I'd say the Rams' defense is better than the Giants' defense. And this rivalry is just like it's it's just so great every single year. It never fails to disappoint, as we saw the Rams and Seahawks split this year. But what I think it comes down to is if Jared Goff does play this week, right now it's uncertain. Sean McVay announced he's not he's not going to be announcing a starting quarterback this week. We'll just have to wait and see till Saturday at four forty when. The Rams take the field, but I I believe if Jared Goff starts this week, I I'm, I believe the Rams will win. If Goff does not start, I think it'll be it'll be a close game either way. I think the Seahawks. I I, I lean more Seahawks if the John Wolford starts this week. Agreed. Agreed. Uh the nightcap uh, eight fifteen start time Eastern Standard Time. The Buccaneers are on the road against this. Evan and nine Washington football team guys. Uh, Adam, we'll start with you, man. How, how do you feel about this game? I mean, I really like the Washington football team. I do. They have a great, oh, no, 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 no. I haven't said <laughs> I take them yet, but they have a great young defense. Uh, their offense has been nothing special this year. Maybe Alex Smith gets it going for a game. I mean, the comeback story that America loves, I, I, I'm going to be honest, 95 95% of America is rooting for Washington football team this week. The 5% is Buccaneers fans and Patriots fans. Because Patriots fans are still in the story <laughs> that Tom Brady's still on their team, but believe it right. or not, he's on the Buccaneers this year. Uh, but I'm 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 really like debating myself right now because I think if this defense steps up and is able to slow Brady down, the football team can sneak out the victory. But I just I can't see this offense being slowed down with the offensive line being great this year, top ten easily. Brady's been great, top five in yard yards, top five in touchdowns. And when you have Chris Godwin, Mike Evans possibly, and Antonio Brown on a receiving core, with Leonard Fournette, Ronald Jones in the backfield, and then you have Cameron Bray and Gronk at tight end, it's like how how are you gonna stop this team? So I'm going to go with the Buccaneers this game. Yeah, I, I love it. I love it, man. Uh, <laughs> you know, I, I, I joke about the Patriots fans because, and I think the as a Buccaneer fan, Patriots fans, if you're listening, will gladly take you since this season, unfortunately, 
Uh, you can't enjoy playoff football. You can enjoy it in Tampa with us here. Uh, hands down, man. I gotta gotta agree with that. All right, Mitch. Mitch, go ahead. Who you got for this game? I got the Bucks. Pretty plain and simple. They're the more talented team. I think when when the defense is living up to their potential, I I think they even have the better defense. Chase Young, Ryan Kerrigan, Montez—they're all really, really good. Not discounting this uh, football team defense, but I mean, let's be honest—it's the goat against um, <laughs> against the team that lost to the Giants twice. So it, it's tough to say. Yeah, they didn't. I don't think they had Alex Smith for both of those games, and I do have a lot of respect for Alex Smith. But um, the the Bucks are the better team. It's plain and simple. There's not like FedEx Field is not a field that is known for giving its team a home field advantage, and even less so without fans. It's it's mm, it's, it's good also root for a, a pretty crappy uh, organization like the uh, football yeah. team, and I think the Bucks are the better team. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Yeah, I know. I, I gotta I gotta agree. You know, as a Bucks fan, it, it was a good pull. You know, good draw, luck of the draw here. Um, oh yeah. Okay. You, know, you know, moving yeah. up. I mean, because I mean, the Bucks at one point were you know only about two games above five hundred. They were looking like they might finish with the six seed at some point, but then things got better. And I'm, I'm happy. I, I like the way they finished uh, so far. I think Brady's looking great connecting with Antonio Brown. Uh, you know, Scotty Miller's kind of emerged now since, you know, last game, Mike Evans was out early uh, in that game. Um, so, I mean, yeah, the weapons, right? The weapons uh, this year offensively for a Tom Brady is uh, important to have versus a you know, team like last year. Uh, and hopefully he plays in better, better uh, weather, but, uh, they do have to go to Lambeau. So depending on what the weather's like in Green Bay, the next round, if we get to that point, of course, this isn't something else I'm, I'm looking forward to. Um, let's go ahead and talk about the Sunday game. So we're talking January 10th here. Uh, the 1 o'clock game uh, will kick off, and uh, that will feature the Ravens at Titans. Uh, so it's actually ABC ESPN, 105 p.m. Eastern Standard Time, start time. Um, Adam, let's, let's talk about this game, man. Who you got here? Derek Henry going to be too much? I like Derek Henry a lot, actually. I've been, I, I, I disrespected him at the start of the season. He's proved me wrong, but my, 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 my main issue is the Ravens are going to play this game angry. I said this the other day, but the Ravens, None of the players are going to come out and say this, but this is what they want in the playoffs. They wanted to play the Titans. They wanted the Titans to win last Sunday, so they got to play them. And that's what they got. I mean, the Ravens got disrespected by the Titans last last year in the playoffs. And then this year they lost on a 70-yard run by Derrick Henry in overtime. So the Ravens are going to be playing this game angry. And I bet Ravens fans still think they got cheated out of the division when they had to play the Steelers this year with – basically none of their players, but I think Lamar Jackson, it's 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 his year. I mean, I, I, I think the Ravens could possibly go to the Super Bowl. I think they're one of the strongest teams in the AFC, and I think they're the biggest threat to the Chiefs. Um, And like I'm saying, we saw Mahomes win a title his third year playing in the NFL. Wouldn't shock me to see Lamar Jackson win his title his third year playing, the NFL, playing in the NFL. I think this year is the year that he can finally step over his playoff woes and get get the job done which is why i'm taking the ravens in this one all right all right so one of the they're a fifth seed so you're thinking they're thinking they're one of the lower seeds that could possibly i think their seed doesn't speak for them as yeah. well as i'd like it to because they had they had a rough spell in the start of the season starting six and five but being able to win your last five games is impressive 
and going into the postseason, they're going to have a lot of that fire. Right, right. Mitch, how about you, man? How, who you got for this game? As much as I hate to do it as a Browns fan, I feel like I'm going to have to go with the Ravens as well. I don't think Lamar Jackson's going to strike out three times in a row. Um, that Monday night football game against Cleveland really lit a fire under him. And uh, it inspired him to get back to what got him here, being a running back, being elusive, being the most athletic player on the field. And uh, it, it's definitely worked. He put the team on his back. I really think he's still overrated as a quarterback, not so much as an athlete, but I got to respect the way he literally put the team on his back and said, all right, we need all five games to make the playoffs. Let's make it happen. Let's get it done. Um, facts, facts. Yeah. Couple that with John Harbaugh and his really, really uh, – I like the way he communicates with his players. There's a really – I don't want to say fuzzy, like warm and fuzzy, but there, there's a there's a really, really great organization down there in Baltimore. And um, I don't know. Ravens are definitely going to – I mean, I'd be very surprised if Lamar Jackson goes 0-3, but if there was any team to do it, it would be the Tennessee Titans. They know what they have to do to beat them. They just have to contain Derrick Henry. Ryan Tannehill's great, but a lot of his success comes off of play action. If you stop in the run, play action isn't as frightening. This is still a really, really elite defensive unit, and let's be honest, with no pass rush, it's going to be tough to get him to the ground. It's going to be tough to make tackles in the open field. It, it, the Ravens match up very well for this one so they should definitely i, I gotta agree yeah i got i gotta agree it, it, this is gonna be a good one this is gonna be uh the, the early start sunday so it's definitely gonna be a good one um going over to the 4 40 p.m eastern standard time start on cbs will be the bears at saints um the bears making the playoffs after starting off looking like starting their season is yeah um <laughs> yeah uh let's talk about this one here mitch who do you got See, history tells me to pick the Bears here. The The Saints have, are known for blowing it in the playoffs these past few years. Some call yep. it uh, revenge and karma for Bounty Gate with Sean Payton in the earlier 2000s. But it's like it's tough to say because it's playoff. In, in the regular season, anyone pretty much would predict the uh, the Saints to – Maybe not dominate, but beat the Bears. But playoffs are different. Playoff game is a playoff game. And it seems like the Saints are cursed. And plus, Mitch Trubisky's play has statistically improved a lot in these past few weeks. That being said, the Saints are the better team. I feel like I'd be pretty foolish to not go with the team that is has one of the most complete rosters in football and has had one of the best coaches uh, for the past like 10 years. So I'm going with the Saints. How about you, Adam? Yeah, I'm I'm not going to speak much on this because Mitch basically just said everything I'm going to say. The Saints will choke in the playoffs, but it won't be against the 8-8 Bears. Um, I'm going Saints. I don't got much more to say. Yeah, yeah, that, that's fair enough. I, I got to agree with you guys on that one. I think for the past history of the Saints, and the thing is, is I've always been against Kirk Cousins and those Vikings, but they're not lurking in the corner in the first round against the Saints. So definitely a, a little bit easier this year. Um, going over to the last game of Sunday night coming up would be 8.15 p.m. start on the primetime nightly game. We got the Browns. The Browns are visiting the Steelers. We saw the matchup last week. Obviously, the Steelers didn't play their full roster against the Browns. The Browns have had yeah, this COVID sat, outbreak. They sat their four best players. Yeah, so we get a rematch now, and it's going to be a little bit more serious of a rematch. Uh head coach down obviously with covid uh how, how do we feel about this one here adam i'll let you take it first how do you feel 
Browns, Pittsburgh Steelers. Um, I'm going to be honest. I, I like the Browns and all, but with no head coach, Baker Mayfield's been taking plays from him all year. He's going to be taking plays from somebody new this game. Um, I understand Baker's been playing well this season, but against the Steelers' defense with the pass rush playing in TJ Watt and Cameron Hayward, I, I, I just don't really see the Browns win, winning this game, and I'm, I'm happy for Browns fans. It's been 17 years since they, they've gotten to watch a playoff game, so they get to watch something this week. I feel like COVID issues aside, the Browns have a lot better of a chance, but that's not the world we live in anymore. I mean, COVID is going to play a factor in this game. It's going to take away some starters from the Browns, and that's just the reality. I'm not saying the Browns would win if they're fully healthy, but I, I think the Browns could put up a lot better fight with 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 a team at full strength. Great, great. Uh, Mitch, what you got, man? See, this one's tough. <laughs> COVID wrecked these past few weeks for us. And as much as I like want to get angry at the NFL, I understand you can't postpone a playoff game. It's tough, but... Earlier this week, we had 15 Browns on the COVID reserve list. They postponed the Ravens-Titans game or whatever game it was because there was a quote-unquote outbreak because they had positive cases three days in a row. They ended up having like three players test positive. We have three coaches and 12 players on our COVID reserve list. If that's not an outbreak, then I really don't know what is. This was the first day that we didn't have any positive tests and it just it, it really sucks. So I I didn't think we had a shot going into this game, even if we were fully healthy. As a Browns fan, I can say that. Baker has been playing much, much better since we uh, in the past ten weeks, he has sixteen touchdowns to just two interceptions, uh twenty six hundred yards and a passer rating of hundred and five or something like that. All of those are top five statistics. He's a top 10 quarterback in QBR this year. He's top 12 in touchdowns and top 10 in interceptions. So he has been playing very, very well. But this is against the Steelers team. And we're going to be starting our fourth string left guard this week against the most ferocious pass rush in the NFL. And that's not a recipe for success by any means. It makes me really, really sad uh, because Stefanski is a bummer. And all these, you know, we, we could lose this game a hundred million to zero. I don't care. The thing that what that makes me the like the most upset is how Joel Batonio, who has suffered through our one in fifteen season, our zero in sixteen season, four and twelve season, three and eleven seasons, suffered through all this crap for the past seven years, and the first time the Browns make the playoffs, he's far and away the the longest tenured player on the Browns roster. He can't join us. That just makes me that breaks my heart. Take away, like I said, you know, we're missing our second and third string guard. One, They're both on IR. That makes me really, really sad. And I think that the game, it, it, it it's going to, a game's going to happen. And we're down a lot of players. We're down our head coach. How many times has a head coach ever missed a game with such short notice? I don't know the stats. We're going to get our asses kicked this weekend, and that's okay. We've got a future. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, unless Baker magically pulls it out of somewhere, man, and has an incredible game. Um, but I think, yeah, it's just like the luck of the COVID draw that just... Do, do you lose a game against the Jets being fully healthy? No, not in the regular NFL day, right? Like, I don't think that happens. And that, that was a huge loss. Six players in the span of 24 hours. That tough. Yep. That's tough. Six starters. Yeah. 
Yeah, man. Hey, at least you could blame COVID. I mean, we all know that the Cleveland Browns are a little bit better of a basketball, or excuse me, a little bit better of a football team uh, when it comes down to, you know, when it came down to this year. That very, I thought that even if you lost that game against the Ravens on prime time, you still put up a fight and show that hey, like we're in this thing, we're in this division. Week one, this team absolutely destroyed us. Baker mm-hmm. came out. He threw that one pick which was less of a bad pass and more of a – or less of a bad decision and just a better defensive play, which was obviously kind of killed the game for us. But he went out there and he showed, I can you know I can run with the big dogs, win or lose. They still dro- – he's dropped – I forget what it was. I think it was 44 points on the one of the best defenses in the league. He can hang with the big dogs. And he can lead a team back. So that being said, there is a small chance. There's a small hope. Baker plays with a chip on his shoulder. Um, but I just think that the Steelers are going to be better. I don't think the Steelers will win the Super Bowl or anything like that. The Steelers will probably lose in the next round, but I have the Steelers over the Browns. But like I said, and like Adam said, first playoff berth in 17 years, and our future is bright. We just need some semblance of a defense. Agreed, agreed, man. Well, guys, uh, it's been a pleasure here. Just to wrap it up real quick, I'm going to put you guys on the spot. Super Bowl, uh, pick a- AFC, NFC. Who you got in the Super Bowl? Um, for me, I'm going to stick with what I said in the preseason. I do. I, I think the Ravens can really make the Super Bowl this year. I really believe they can. So I'm going with the Ravens in the AFC. And in the NFC, I'm going with the Green Bay Packers. I mean, they're the hottest. They've been one of the best teams in football this year. And I don't see them slowing down this postseason. The only team that really got them to slow down was the Bucs. So that's interesting. Yep. That being said, <laughs> I'm going to go Chiefs uh, Packers. Chiefs and Packers. All right. So the Packers are both of you out of the NFC. Well, they're they're far and away they're far and away the best team in the NFC. And I want to take the Ravens. I do, but Lamar Jackson is 0 3 against Mahomes, and so analysis would indicate that he's not. Uh, you know, the chances are he's not going to be winning that game. He's not that great in big games. Hopefully, like he turns around, he gets a bad rep or a good rep. But Mahomes is the goat. So. Facts, facts. Well, there it is. Our first and ten crew here with the NFL playoff preview. Gentlemen, we appreciate you guys here, Admin Mitch. Uh, anything you guys want to plug? Where can the people find you at? Uh, any shout outs you guys got for us before you go? Um, if anybody wants to follow me on Instagram, my Broncos account, Broncos Focus. Besides that, there's nothing much. Uh, Wishing everybody a happy new year. Thank you for having us on here. And if Mitch has anything to say, now's the time. Yeah, no, that was <laughs> a lot of fun. Uh, nice to get a quick pot out before the playoffs. We will be doing a very in-depth analysis on uh, on first and 10. So you guys should go check that out. Um, we'll be doing, yeah, like I said, we're going to have a good one coming out for you guys. And yeah. Uh, Everybody just get ready for a good weekend of football. That's really what it is. Get your work done now so you can relax. Yeah. Sit on the couch. Just enjoy the bliss of playoff football. Three games, guys. We're getting from 1 o'clock all the way. Well, technically, you know, 1 o'clock Eastern time all the way into the last game ends on Eastern time. is about 11 o'clock after the 8 o'clock game. So 1 to 11, almost 12 hours of football. Enjoy it. <laughs> right? That's right. It's Adam, Mitch. Gentlemen, it's been a pleasure. Thank you guys for coming on board. We'll check in with you guys next time, man. Thanks for having us. All right. Thank you.